0: comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Zaney,
1: radio for the Imagination with your host Paula Grandquist is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts and now Art Zany Radio for the Imagination
0: Good morning this is Paula Grandquist and you're tuned in to Art Zany Radio for the Imagination thank you so much for tuning in and tuning your imagination with us as we explore all things art and stories and today I'm going to start off talking about how has your place in the world shaped you can you define your place And by place, I mean all of the places in which you you exist. So not just the land, the culture, the history, but also your gender, your age, your passions and your work, your possessions, your race, your connections, your circle, your family, your home, your history, and so much more. There's so many different ways we occupy a place in the world. And I I wonder, are you comfortable with that place? Are you aching to move to a new place? It's always interesting to, to have those discussions. And I don't, for some reason, that, that idea of place has really pulled on my heartstrings lately. And I feel at home here in Minnesota. And that has been true for most of my life. I love the seasons, the skies, the landscapes, the water, the creatures, the sensibilities of the people, the gathering places, the cultural values. And I definitely love the appreciation of the arts. And I realized this as I was thinking about the idea of this place that I exist, and I have lived most of my life in Minnesota. I've lived other places, but only for little blips. And it occurred to me this week as I was putting together this show that I have lived in this place, within about a twenty mile circle, which it just kind of astounded me when I thought about that that most of my lifetime on this earth i've been in that that space, and i hadn't realized it until I actually sat down and wrote that sentence i hadn't grasped what a tiny piece of the earth i've inhabited, and i've you know there's something about that i've just been pondering it you know I wonder if you know the whole big world is out there, and I feel a part of it, but there's something that connects me to this spot of land. And I picture that little tiny circle on a big giant globe, and it's such a small circle, but it's stayed the same as I've changed other aspects of my life. So either, either I've chosen this place or this place has anchored me. And I wonder what that means. So I'm just exploring and beginning to explore that. So we may talk about that a little bit later today. Um, I feel connected to this landscape connected to this this place but i still have so much to learn about the history the connections uh the my family in this place the way this place has shaped my life so i i, I thinking about what does it mean to be a midwestern mostly minnesota middle-aged woman from this, this circle of land and it's so interesting how all of these things define and shape my space so i'm going to keep working to understand this experience and my place in this space and time And I think that's the work of being a human being. We explore our stories and shape our stories. We look both inward and outward, but also backward and forward. We're explorers, and that's what we're supposed to be here for. And I think that's why I turn to the arts so much to help me discover this meaning. I think about, well, what can others teach me about the place that they're in or a reflection of the place that we inhabit together? How do I respond to that artist's understanding of their place? What am I learning about the world and other places from this art? So I think that's a really interesting question. I hope you'll take some time to consider that. And I definitely think that's one of my hopes for Art Zany Radio, that we can explore our place in the world, we can begin to understand the meaning of that place that we inhabit, all of those different ways that place shows up, and how that shapes the opportunities that we have, the challenges we face, and the reasons we stay where we are, and why we dream about travel or other lands or other spaces in the world and human experience. It's definitely how we can understand each other better by asking about those questions. So I hope you'll explore that this week. That's my art zany homework for the week. I want to welcome you to today's show. I am so pleased to uh, at join, have joined me in the studio, Paul Nemistow, the founder and conductor of the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra. Welcome, Paul
2: here we are again
0: i know Um, you have a lot going on this fall it feels it does it is it that so much was delayed that that you're uh getting it all in actually
2: to a great extent that is true we're starting to catch up Mm -hmm. and so there's been a lot of things and you know for a guy for a retired guy i'm altogether too busy but uh I i have choices i can make i could Sit in a chair, I guess, but I'm not doing it.
0: I don't see you as a chair sitting kind of guy. <laughs> so, folks, <clears throat> excuse me. We are here today to talk about the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra. It is they are celebrating their 40th anniversary concert, which was delayed over uh, the the 2020 year because of of the um, pandemic, but. It's very exciting that this is happening again. You can get all the details at org. Just click on um, Arts, Music, and then Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra, and you will find that. This concert takes place Saturday, November 6th, which is tomorrow at 3 p.m. That one is at St. John's Lutheran Church here in Northfield. And then on Sunday at 3 p.m., there's a concert on the 7th at the Cathedral of Our Merciful Savior in Faribault. So there are two opportunities to see this incredible lineup of programming. And you can uh, buy tickets in advance online or um, with the online uh, purchases, you can do that by credit card, but you can also pay cash or check at the door. Adults are $15, senior 10, and student 10. But please keep in mind that no one will be turned away for a lack of funds.
2: You got that right. Mm-hmm. We want to make we, sure everyone. We want, we want open ears, and, and from wherever they will come.
0: Exactly. So that's going to be um, an important uh, piece to the puzzle. Um, but of course, all of those tickets help support the program and the all the things that you need to put on a show. Exactly. So if you can, it, the ticket prices, if you can give a little more, that would be great. You're, you're not limited.
2: One of the little one of the little benefits of this particular concert, we printed some. Uh, 30th anniversary um, stickers uh, Hmm. that you can put on your, uh, you know, on your briefcase or on your instrument case or on the back of your car or on your forehead or whatever you want. (laughs) And we're going to be giving those away uh, with 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 the program.
0: And that was the 30th or the 40th? 40th, I'm You sorry. said 30th, yeah. and so I was thinking, no, oh, you I'm, saved uh, those. I, my mind is,
2: is, is in too many different places, as I mentioned, for this fall. It's the 40th. It's the 40th, yeah,
0: and yeah. So, which is a really big deal. and so
2: It really is. Uh,
0: for I mean, just think, you know, 40 years ago, um, you know, probably it was just, you know, trying to think, where, where's our next concert? You weren't thinking, wow, we're going to keep this going forever. Where's
2: our, where's our next rehearsal? <laughs> where's our next second opal player? It's all... Uh, in the history, all these questions.
0: Yeah, and so for folks that, that um, don't know you, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about your place in this uh, Northfield. And- yeah, well,
2: going back to your conversation, at the be- your monologue at the beginning of this, uh, this broadcast, um, this, is, this is a comfortable place for me, uh, in part because it's not that far away from my own personal children's childhood roots. I, I grew up in, in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, I grew up uh, up in the Finnish ghetto up there uh, you know in the pine trees.
0: I have to ask which town.
2: Oh, the town is Pelki.
0: Pelki, okay. But you
2: wouldn't necessarily see that on the map very easily. It's near Houghton.
0: Houghton, sure. Yeah. I have relatives in Calumet, so well, that's not too far. Away. No. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. So you know about the Finns up there. I do. <laughs> that's that's
0: that's my husband's side of the family. <laughs>
2: Any, anyway, um, so coming here after all the all the education and stuff that went on in some early career experiences was not a big leap for me. I feel that there's enough, there were enough tentative sort of connections with my childhood from the Scandinavian, um, uh, atmosphere of this place. And the, and the weather of course is not too, that too much different. So yeah, this, this was, had been my place then since 1978, we came here with a little infant girl named Anna and, uh, we, um, we settled in, and there's been just so many things about this place that both um, attracted me and also made me able to do some of the uh, some of the dreams of my life. Just the circumstances were really um, quite unprecedented, really, from the standpoint of what other possibilities are for me. This was this was great. This is perfect.
0: And yeah you, you haven 't left right you came no, and you and, uh, anchored here
2: yeah, and routine is routine is part of this. there's stuff you can do in town, and you know us old guys we don 't like to shake up the boat too much we like to be able to have that that cup of coffee in the morning and be able to i, I go over to. 50 North and exercise within the pool there. And I like the, those the routines are part of my daily life. As a matter of fact, I'm missing the pool right now to be here with you. Well, but I'll just post on it for later.
0: I day. hope you can make that up because yeah, right. that's then, an important thing. I know. Well, that's,
2: you know, well, I say routines, you know, so yeah, those are, those are by my sort of my family roots. That's what's going on. I now have a son living in Northfield. One of my three children who, uh, he and his wife just had a baby a couple months ago. So, um,
0: so, grandpa. Yeah,
2: yeah Eleanor and I have got uh, lots, lots of new stuff to think about all over again. Yeah, because we've got uh, four more grandchildren elsewhere, but this is the one that's the, right under our nose, and uh, the poor dears—they're going to have to put up with us.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So that—that's one. You know, your family, as you mentioned, and then there's your musical place in this this community. Yeah, it's
2: it's uh, it's been it's been great. I um, I like to. You know, dream of things, initiate things, and have them go well, of course, rather than fail. And we've had quite a run of nice things happen to us here. It's been great.
0: Yeah, you've been very successful, and over the years, I'm sure you've encountered so many different uh, musicians and um, you know different opportunities and I, one of the things that we've talked about this in the past is that you know you saw that there wasn't a, a community orchestra when you, when uh, you for came. instance yeah, yeah yeah exactly and so you, and thought, there wasn't
2: an outdoor music festival
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know took care of that too so <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that well and i think that's that says something um not only about this place but about you being able to to you know uh, manifest that and you, know, you see
2: where the where the bricks are missing And you put them in place right? mm-hmm.
0: On the wall yeah. And so this is a really, really big deal That this is the 40th anniversary And so tell us about uh, Being able to celebrate this finally Well,
2: we, we thought about a couple of different things That we wanted to do um, And uh, of course A lot of those dreams have been adapted Over the last two years Of waiting for a chance to do them But basically a couple of things are solid there um uh francesca um uh andrek is uh is in town here and uh, she's a great fiddler and uh she, we had, she, we've been talking for years about trying to collaborate have her come in and uh and play with the orchestra and we're just trying to find the right time and i think now um this is about as early as we could possibly get it get it taken care of <laughs> both in terms of the covid and also about their family experience which i'll explain a little more later um, and so this is, this has come true. She's, she's, uh, she dreamed high. She took the, sort of the top of the repertoire with the Sibelius Violin Concerto, which is, uh, not easy at all for her, but not to mention, uh, pretty challenging for the orchestra as well. So this was like, this is going to be a treat to listen to this live. It doesn't happen all that often. Um, unless you go up to the cities, of course, and of course, Osmo will probably program that once a year. um. And uh, so that's, that's what that's about. Um, Renaldo wrote us a, another piece a few years ago when we were doing a concert featuring Latino music.
0: I do remember that concert. And, and
2: he, uh, he wrote a trumpet concerto for Manny Lariano from the uh, Minnesota Orchestra who came down and premiered it here. And so we had a nice relationship on that project, and I, I, um, as soon as that was done, I almost immediately asked him, "Hey, you know, we got a we got an anniversary coming up. Would you think about what you might write for the orchestra?" And I said, "You know, sky's the limit. Any kind of combination that you want. Give me, as long you want to give me some reasonable time to try to amass the forces for it." Um, and he wrote this Minnesota Suite, which is totally environmental in its theme. It's all about nature and about uh about natural history and uh this is about birds and the lake superior and all kinds of uh and all those nuances are in the music we had a rehearsal last night and he explained a little bit about about some of the idioms that are in there and what they mean when he wrote them um, it's really great. So
0: yeah, I'm very excited to see. I mean, all I know is is that it's called the Minnesota Suite. So right. it's a very exciting. It's, and we are, oh. it, I mean, imagine a town that can pull on those resources, yeah, right? Yeah, I was
2: tra- he had a Forget exactly what it was, but it 's something to the effect of land of sky blue waters, of course, that reminds us of a <laughs> half spear commercial, but that's sort of what he has in mind
0: <laughs> well it, that's true right? <laughs> yeah, right when you do think about minnesota i I mean yeah. one of the things you think about is how the sky changes right, right. from what? season yeah. to season right, you could- from,
2: from from morning till night. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And and there's always, uh, uh, there's something about that that... Oh, that... this is
2: a little intimate moment about that question. Um, I'm so looking forward to uh, the time change coming up. Because oh. <laughs> cause what happened is uh, I go into the pool over at 50 North uh, at about 8 o'clock in the morning. And after the time change, the sun is going to be beating into the pool. Oh. And so I bring my sunglasses. And for... <laughs> For forty-five minutes or so, I am in Trinidad.
0: Oh, of course you are, right? <laughs> and, and and people should know that that the that, that, that's this weekend. So if they're thinking about the Sunday concert, they need to make sure their clocks all good. Right. I
2: suppose that would be worth mentioning in press too. Yes. Just to although hopefully no, nobody's by, nobody's going to get up at noon. I don't think. Hopefully <laughs> by three o'clock they'll have <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or right. two o'clock when they need yeah. to be heading so, out. So anyway, that's that's absolutely true about the. How the environment and the sun affect our lives here in Minnesota and my life every day.
0: So mm. that's going to be one of the features. And then um, there's a couple other pieces that the the orchestra is doing. And
2: oh yeah, well, the, well, the violin concerto and then the uh, the Land of Blue Waters, uh, and uh, then we're going to open with uh, with Bernstein's overture to Candide, and it's just a really rousing, optimistic, brilliant uh, short. Overture that I like to program every once in a while, and it seemed to fit the theme of this program of this programming in a way. It picks up on some of the um, some of the influences of those composers actually, and or, or they pick up on. Uh, in the case of Ronaldo, I'm sure they, he picks up a little bit on Bernstein
0: as well. Oh, that's an yeah. interesting uh, yeah. you know connection. Yeah. And is this a, I, has I would imagine the orchestra has done Candide before.
2: Yeah, we've done it a couple times,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's it's a good classic to... It's a
2: classic op- opening, yes.
0: And then there's also an adagio for strings by no, Samuel... That's no, that's off. That's we, off. We,
2: oh. we postponed that one. Okay. We decided that we had enough on our plate, and uh, we're doing a sacred concert, a Lenten concert next March, and so we decided to push it forward, and we're going to do it then.
0: Okay, I'll make a note of that so that yeah, we can...
2: Yeah, so you don't... Yeah. For those for those, uh, those barber lovers, they were going to be disappointed if they come just for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they should come for so much more. <laughs> and so we, we've we got a little of the pieces. And I did, you know, we pulled up some music that we could possibly play if you want to. Um, where should we begin? You have it's any? up to you. Oh, it's up to me. Oh, that's really. Um, uh,
2: my suggestion is uh, if you're going to do some of the music that we're performing, you, uh, you might try the, the Bernstein and then also... Uh, the um the concerto is thirty five minutes long. So you probably wanna you know, maybe the last couple minutes of the last movement might be kind of a nice taste of what's what it's what it's all about.
0: Why don't we do that? We'll play the Sibelius and um you can th-
2: find a, if you can find a spot that's about three minutes from the end of the whole broadcast.
0: I'm gonna go thirty four is what I was looking at sure. uh this morning and it sounded like a good spot to to do that. And uh we should talk a little just um folks that maybe don't no, or just a brief history of Sibelius and uh.
2: yeah, he's uh, he was born at the end of the eighteen hundreds and became um, a national icon at the time of Finnish independence. You see, at this time, this is when uh, the Czarist Russia regime was was breaking down and Bolshevism was beginning to to rise in Russia, and Finland was a protectorate or a grand duchy. Duchy of of Russia, so um, the Finns managed to persuade Lenin to let them go, to let them be independent. He just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, "Okay." Uh, he had actually spent some time in Finland, in in sort of like in uh, in hiding, so he had a kind of a sp- soft spot. So during this time, Finnish national identity was growing, and Sibelius, who kind of grabbed onto that with his music, he wrote a lot of stuff that was based on. On Na- uh, national legends and patriotic issues and so forth. And uh, so he was, by the time he was 25 years old, he was already a national hero. And he wrote this piece during those early years. And it's, uh, be- some people th- think of it as the best uh, violin concerto of the era yeah, yeah that's that's sort of the background you probably need
0: it's gorgeous and uh this is uh performed by hillary Hahn who i hadn't known so i 'm really excited that you introduced me to her playing um this is she is just uh there's an exuberance, a joy, uh, 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 just, you know, she just uh, has a way that that's magical.
2: I like the word spectacular.
0: Uh, yes, that is exactly right. <laughs> so we're just going to hear the last couple of minutes of this. And she is um, playing with the orchestra. Uh,
2: L'Orchestra de Paris.
0: There you go, you yeah,
2: barks I, <laughs> Paris, yeah. and
0: it's, with, it's affiliated with Radio France, which I'm not um, quite sure uh, what same
2: as National Public Radio France.
0: okay, yeah. and this is conducted by Miko Franck. And so let's take a listen to um, this amazing piece, Hilary Hahn playing Sibelius's a violin Concerto, just the last few minutes. was very spectacular yes but
2: remember you can go back you can go back and listen to that again it'll be exactly the same (laughs) and you go back a third time it's exactly the same live music is best because what's going to happen is that francesca is going to communicate with the audience and the experience is totally different Mm-hmm. And much better.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting too—the relationship between the conductor and the soloist and the orchestra—is something that you get to observe. It's and, true in person. It's true, and yep. that it, 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 you know, I'd be it's, cu- it's,
2: it's tightrope walking a little bit. You know,
0: yeah, I'd be yeah. curious because uh, y- you know, each performance is—you know, like you said, it's live, right? So there's yep. a live energy that happens, right. and there's yes. yeah. a feeling in the room. There's, right. you know, whatever you know people are bringing to the table right. and the audience included right and so uh how do you tell me about working with that and and you know having someone perform such a uh, exquisite piece of you know and well, and we, your, how you work that out
2: well the first thing is uh uh francesca gets the lead she gets to determine the um, the tempos and the and the nuances and stuff and then my job is to somehow communicate in the millisecond what is uh, happening with her uh, to the orchestra? Who can hear her somewhat, but uh, it's not possible to hear everything that she's doing because they're too far away. And also the the challenge of keeping everybody together so that there's uh, not different people interpreting what they're seeing or hearing differently. But we actually are together. So that's that's the tough thing. And uh, we spend our time in the rehearsals, and it's been wonderful with these rehearsals with with Francesca. Uh, dealing with transitions from one tempo or style to another because you have to kind of move to a new mood or a new tempo or a new dynamic or something like that. And those are the hardest things and they have to be repeated a few times to get used to it. So that's the nature of that's what that's all about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it um, you, you know there's there's a lot to manage in in those moments, and so it's important to have those rehearsals so that you can sort of anticipate some of those. Yeah, well, it's, it,
2: uh, it's redundant. Uh, I mean, in the sense that you can't imagine doing this piece without uh, enough rehearsal. We don't. We really don't have enough time for the rehearsals that we should. We, we should practice for half a year, I suppose, <laughs> but we just don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. Although the music was distributed in the folders available to the players two years ago,
0: ah, uh, so they may have been doing their parts. Oh, I think they
2: have. Yes, and uh, and I think even I think that even um, uh, Ronaldo's piece was done by that in in uh, two thousand um, was it uh, nineteen or something like that. So we had the folders out. I and mean, then we, and the concert never took place.
0: Mm, yeah. So, but that—that's good then, because these are these are challenging pieces, right? They are, and with especially with something like the, you know, the Minnesota Suite, they are not able to hear recording or, oh, or look I, at a concert.
2: He does. Uh, uh, Ronaldo did digital versions of them, so you can listen to the basic idea with a artificial electronic instruments. <laughs> Oh sure. Uh, it's, but it's really, you know, the problem with it, of course, is that it's very uh, kind of static and not has, doesn't really have any emotional life. You can't do that. So, but it helped in a sense. And we also had him at the rehearsal last night uh, for the first time, and uh, and he had some really nice suggestions. That's where I'm picking up some of the some of the things that I wasn't sure about about the atmospheric, environmental, animal. Um, Re- representations that are in the in the music
0: right Folks, you're listening to Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. This is Paula Grandquist. I'm here with Paul Nima Stone. We're talking about the CVRO, the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra, 40th anniversary concert, which is finally happening, and it is happening this weekend. So you need to put that on your calendars. The first concert is on Saturday at 3 p.m. at the St. John's Lutheran Church, and that is on 3rd Street West in Northfield. And then on Sunday, the 7th, they're at the Cathedral of our merciful Savior again at 3 p.m. at and that's located at 5:15 Second Avenue Northwest in Faribault, and both both real easy to find. And uh, yeah, folk- this
2: this concert, by the way, is uh, is comparatively short. It's going to be about an hour. Uh, not, I don't think it'll be any more than an hour. And we're doing it without intermission, so mm. we're going to go right from one piece to the next. Uh, the the um, concert in Northfield. We're going to have a fortieth anniversary reception afterward at St. John's Hall, and there's going to be some refreshments and a chance to to meet and greet the the artists and to talk to the talk to the musicians and stuff. So plan to come and have a little cup of tea and a crumpet.
0: That sounds delightful. I, I think we should hear a little bit of Francesca playing because I am such a fan of hers, and I I just feel like being able to. You know, hear her play in both uh, chamber music settings and then, uh, or, you know, orchestral settings. I just feel just uh, I, there's something about her playing that really draws me in, that makes me feel um, so lucky and excited to be in her presence.
2: This woman lives in Northwest <laughs> Northfield, Minnesota. I know, She's right here. This kind of talent is in our town. And That's she, why we can do stuff like the CVRO,
0: right? And and she, we should mention, is a professor up at uh, Saint Olaf. So lucky, a lot of lucky right. students.
2: Oh, and she and Ref- and Rinaldo, who are married, by the way, I didn't mention that. Didn't. yet, didn't uh, have two children: one a year and a half old, and one about four. So tell me a little bit about what their life's gonna be like.
0: <laughs> I'm amazed, right? And this piece that I I, I pulled up is uh Francesca Andre um this is her concerto video and this is um her I believe it is the Stravinsky violin concerto and so we'll listen to a little bit of that just to get a sense of her playing and, uh, just enjoy and, and hopefully take in, um, some of those. Think about the place that you're in as, as you listen to Francesca Andereg on Art Radio. was with the St. Olaf uh, Orchestra, and that, again, was uh, Francesca Anderig, and that was a Stravinsky Violin Concerto. Just amazing uh, to think, you know, she's uh, just, there's something that that pulls you into her playing.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, she's first class.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, uh, it, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, is there, uh, the, both of those were concertos. No, they were not. Um, one is the... Um, I think they're both, both concertos. Concerto, yeah, both violin concertos. And so um, anything you can think of to contrast or, or uh, similarities between hmm, the Sibelius the only I and think the Stravinsky?
2: That would, liminar, contrast is obvious. Um, uh, the uh, Some people call Stravinsky um, neoclassic, but that's hardly... Hardly enough to describe his work his his palette is so huge the number of different kinds of things he did in his and his style changed so much over his life that it 's hard to classify him except that he was a genius and that he had a huge influence on on composition throughout the entire twentieth century. Um, the fact that they're both Caceros, the, the fact that both Stravinsky and Sibelius were almost the same age. Or, or wrote during the same era uh Stravinsky actually being slightly younger uh those are the, That's the only comparison I could make because <laughs> um, okay. um, Sibelius was a symphonist that's that was where he was most at home although he did other things he wrote songs and smaller pa- piano pieces and things and uh i don 't know what stravinsky was he wrote, he wrote for everything mm-hmm. um, I just have some of the titles flashing through my Little, my little brain uh, camera of all the things that he's done, and they're they're hardly hardly even related to each other. They're so different. Just
0: geniuses. They were both geniuses, I think.
2: Oh yes, in their own way.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's amazing to hear. And and uh, Francesca will be playing that. Uh, the Violin Concerto uh, by Sibelius with the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra this weekend. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, we, we had hoped to be able to have uh, one of the two of them here, but, uh, you know, timing and, and didn't didn't quite work out.
2: And babies.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I did pull up an interview uh, that Ronaldo did with the, uh, this is with a, a piece that he wrote, um, for them, he's interviewed by Rafael Jimenez, who is the conductor of the Oberlin Conservatory Chamber Orchestra, and the piece that he uh, wrote for them was called Silver. And uh, I thought it was really fascinating the process that he went through in writing a piece. And I don't know if you were privy to any of the process in writing the Minnesota Suite that Ronaldo did for. No well,
2: the only the only thing that. Uh I was sort of, as you say, privy to it. Would be uh, that I initiated the idea, and I said, "Let write something for us. Uh, we'd like to have it be, you know, uh, maybe multi movement." And he and I said, "As far as we're concerned, you can go in any direction. You can bring in singers. You can bring in exotic instruments. <laughs> you can uh, you can do what you want, as far as I'm concerned." And uh, he knows he knows our orchestra, and he I think he felt comfortable writing with a slightly reduced instrumentation. So there's one trumpet, one trombone, uh, pairs of winds, and one horn. And so the the, uh, wind section is a little bit smaller. The percussion is basically timpani on one side, and then a number of mallet percussion, bell-sounding things on the other side. And so he he tried to keep it simple. The piano plays a dominant role in the score. Mm. it's uh, it's in in that way. He's a little bit like Stravinsky because Stravinsky drew a lot of pieces with the piano as a as an orchestral instrument. It's kind of a Russian habit, I think. Um, and so we talked about that, and then I didn't really hear from him for a while, and then he came up with this uh, Land of Sky Blue Waters. <laughs> it's,
0: you're gonna call it that? Aren't well, you? <laughs> it's
2: it, it, it. I forget the exact title. It's got uh, it's something about the the sky blue. Um, or anyway. Um,
0: well and this is not the conversation about that piece but this no. is but oh, that's,
2: that's the process that that we that how I contributed to it and then it was entirely his
0: Right. right. And so this was fascinating to think of. Um, you know, if you don't know the work of Ronaldo Moya, uh, please look up his, his website and follow what he's been doing. I was just astounded at the, uh, even just this month, the number of premieres that he has and the number of uh, pieces that he'll be, uh, different orchestras that he'll be uh, playing with and, or, or be joining um, for, for various uh, pieces as a composer.
2: Remember, Ronaldo Moya. Lives in Northwest Northfield.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so this, this, this conversation is fascinating, and I thought I would play it for you. Uh, again, uh, he's uh, talking with Rafael Jimenez of the Oberlin Conservatory Chamber Orchestra.
3: Hello. We are here today with composer Reynaldo Moya, the composer of Silver, the piece that we are actually premiering today. Renato, welcome virtually to Oberlin.
4: Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you all. And I just, the only thing I wish is that I could greet you in person, but this is a good substitute for that, I think.
3: Of course. Renato, tell us about Silver.
4: Yeah, <laughs> Silver Silver is an interesting piece because um, it was one of those pieces that I, came up with a title before I wrote any music and, and, and I it's usually the other way around for me. I usually write the music and then having some idea of what I'm writing about, but then there's a process of kind of finding the right title that puts the the audience in the right frame of mind to, to take in the the piece. This was the opposite. So I, I, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to title this piece silver? It was also, it, it was also like a total composer move. Um, I had agreed to the commission, um, it was due at a certain time, and then they needed the title of the piece, like three months in advance, and I had not started the piece, and so I needed to to just come up with a title, and I, that that was um something that came to mind quickly, but then I thought about it. This idea of silver, I I just what would it sound like? What what would a color sound like, right? Um, and so this is this is a piece that's um kind of a, made of dark hues and lots of tenor range type music and you have a lot of those beautiful warm but a little bit dark colors, right? Like it's um and the, the idea of creating a kind of barcarole that starts the whole thing was something that to me I don't know, it just it's like the the image came with that, right? The dark colors, the 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 silver gleam and then this kind of beautifully elegant barcarole that kind of unfurls very gracefully kind of falling from the top and then going back up and...
3: It is, to me, is it's fascinating that you have this undulation of this barcarolle, as, as you are saying, this undulation of this rhythm, which is sort of regular. And at the same time, you have this gorgeous melodic material that is not quite regular. So it just
4: creates something that is you know dreamlike is is more you know concrete absolutely i mean and it the it is regular but just not in the way you expect it so the um so you have an alternation of of note values of like four and three so we're so used to everything being in groups of four and so it's um it sounds regular but there's like a little clip at the end and so it it starts to Fit less and less well with the the uh, overall texture underneath it, and I think that, that creates a fascinating effect. And that was yeah. something that I wanted to explore in this piece. It feels
3: that you're not. It feels that you're not grounded always. That you are sort of floating, which yes. is uh, is a beautiful effect. And then at some point, uh, things get a lot more vertical, and you include even a percussion instrument. Uh, there you include the djembe there, which is. an an unusual decision by the way
4: uh is is there any particular reason for 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 that um no i wish i i I wish i I could tell you that that i had a a a really um elaborate plan for the for the gem no that's i just i just kind of went and there's this idea that this buck roll is going and then I, I love this image of like there is you're you're walking through a hallway and you go into a room and there is a there's a music going on there. And that music has been going on for a long time. And then you leave that room and then you go to a different room and a different kind of music has been going on forever. And you just you're just privy to that music. And so there's a little bit of that that happens in this piece. Right. And I and I think I even write it in into as one of the um, the um, instructions in the violin parts like right? because you first like walk into the wrong room a little bit and then you come back out um, so I wanted to I guess explore the different ways in which you could play with those textures and play with um, that kind of rhythmic interplay that we were talking about in the beginning right so that where you have something that's regular and something that is irregular um, so at, at, in the middle section you have things that the attacks are more regular, but the, the attacks are not quite fitting with the time signature. And so you have things that are kind of off kilter in that way now, um, which is pretty fun. And then the, the climax of the piece kind of brings everything together. It brings the, the music from, from the middle section that's more animated and more percussive together with the bar and the and the, the falling melody from the beginning. So it's just kind of coming together of all of the, the constituent parts that have come before.
3: You know something that uh, to me every time I hear people saying, "Oh, you know," is it's, I'm looking for for I'm trying to recall a melody from a piece. So very often you hear people uh, judging a piece by the amount of things that that sticking to their heads, and um, it was interesting to hear the students in few of the rehearsals leaving leaving the rehearsal just humming the the, the melody one of the melodies from this piece, which is very catchy. And I, I found that very interesting because several of them in different moments just walked by, uh, by and they were, you know, humming, humming the melody, which I hope the audience uh, will uh, do the same after listening to your beautiful silver. Renaldo, thank you for, for your wonderful music and it has been great for us to uh, enjoy
4: the process. And thank you for visiting us virtually. Thank you. It's a pleasure for me. i enjoy the performance. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you.
0: Folks, that is the Oberlin uh, Conservatory Chamber Orchestra playing Ronaldo Moya's piece, Silver. And I encourage you to go and see that full resolution of the piece. It's just a a really spectacular piece. And we have Paul Nemester here. Who can maybe tell us a little bit about what the djembe is? Because that's something that I was... <clears throat> it's,
2: it's a uh, kind of an Afro-South Afro American instrument uh, that kind of uh, chatters and... It would be. It's very exotic and very distinctive. Um, the th- my my um, takeaway from that interview. First of all, I, I like that he said, "Yes, it's quite ordinary, ex- except sometimes." <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's exactly what uh, he said. A lot of pieces, things about the silver piece that relate directly to what his new his new piece for us. So, uh, in terms of having. Um, melodies that are not not they're, they're they're quotable but they're also a little bit not quite uh, not quite uh, uh, balanced in the way you would normally expect like a folk melody or something like that they're a little bit they're a little bit funky and also um, where he has accents in the music that are that don't fit the meter where the meter might feel like it's in three but he's got the accents in a different place and also um, different different uh, metric Subdivisions of the bar happening at the same time in different instruments. Those are all things, those are all devices that he uses um, with with our with our piece as well. So there's a lot. this I mean he obviously has some idioms. Speaking of uh, influences from Stravinsky. I don't know so much about our piece, but the one I was just hearing, the Silver's definitely got the stamp of him having spent time listening to Igor Stravinsky. There's no question about that.
0: That's exciting to hear. And I I thought it was really fascinating, too, that, that, uh, you know, he... Well, this was unusual because he came up with the, the name first, but then he asked the good question. So what would a color sound like? And, yeah. you know, that's, that what if is such a great, uh, <laughs> way to approach, you know, when you're creating something. And so I thought that was really fascinating. And, and also the idea that, you know, he had, uh, imagery in mind as he was, uh, you know i love the the um Baracola, i think is how you yeah, s-
2: it's called barcarolle and it's a it's a um it's a european salon dance uh there's different composers that have written them there and uh, barcarola in south america is a very is a very uh, common folk dance and so i think he's picking up on that so it's part of his own heritage.
0: And, okay, and I was thinking it was a boat singer. <laughs> I was imagining a. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, um,
2: oh yeah, I mean, well, there's. It sounds like that a little bit. It does. Bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: But, but but that's interesting to to you know imagine that that he had an image in mind and that, um, you know, he was talking about that hallway where you'd go in and peek and right. there's this music and there's that music, and, he, and you know at the same time he's balancing textures and rhythms. Um, And it's like a puzzle he's putting together of, you know, you talked about how how it's resolved at the end, you know, you come back. And then the melody. Is there a a melody that you can think of from the the Minnesota Suite?
2: There's more like, um, I would call them um, melodic fragments, Mm. Uh, the the way Beethoven has melodic fragments. he kind of starts get you, getting you into it, but then uh, all of a sudden it disappears and goes somewhere else.
0: So it kind of keeps you on your toes. Well,
2: yeah, and so you you will pick up on those 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 sounds, and they do get repeated. And there's there's quite there's about three or four of them in the piece that get repeated. Actually, the last movement um, is based on an old uh, Minnesota folk song, and it's actually a theme and variations in which he which he plays the piece. I wish the orchestra plays the piece and then it does it in a different version and a different version and a different version uh, all the way to the end.
0: Well, I'm very excited about hearing this performed live. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing and people should definitely, uh, if you want more details or want to do your tickets ahead of time, you can visit... Um, northfieldartsguild.org and click on the arts and music category looking under the CVRO. There'll be a link to get tickets, but you can also come that day and purchase your tickets at the price that you can afford at the door so you don't have to uh, worry if you don't get a chance to do that ahead of time. This weekend, the 6th at St. John's Lutheran Church at 3 and Sunday, the 7th at Cathedral of Our Merciful Savior in Faribault at 3 as well.
2: And uh, it's like those of us in the 60s would say, this is going to be a uh, happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. And I think maybe this could only happen in this place, right?
2: I believe so. It's impossible to have it happen anywhere else in the world.
0: And it will be only. this. And this is, could you say it's a world premiere of the piece?
2: Yeah, I think that Ronaldo snuck one of the movements uh, where well, they did a, They were doing a summer series with the Minnesota Orchestra and I think they may have read Last Movement of it, but that was unofficial. And that's not the whole piece. With my permission, with my
0: permission. And that's not the whole piece, right? (laughs) (laughs) So only if you come to the concerts will you hear it. He
2: wrote it for us and we hope I certainly hope that it's not the last performance. Mm. I'm sure that others will pick it up.
0: Yeah, it, and that is something. Um, and it's interesting to think about, you know, he, his, his um, sense of Minnesota as a place. That, yes, because exactly. he, this is
2: definitely Minnesota as his place for this piece
0: which is going to be astounding. So thank you, Paul, for coming and sharing this story with us on Art Zany Radio. My pleasure. It. Uh, we might see you again soon. I'm afraid so. Which is going to be great, because there's a lot going on, and it's just so thrilling to have live music back, and live performances, and so we are celebrating that.
2: Tell me about it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Folks, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination, and I'm so thrilled you spent some time with us. Think about your place in the world, and how, what do you missing? So how can you create that? That's what our job is, is to think about how to shape the world that we're in and uh, make everything a better place. So I hope you take some time to do that. This is Paula Granquist reminding you, don't forget to add some Art Zany to your life. And in the meantime, until next time, enjoy your imagination.
1: You've been listening to Art Zany. Radio for the Imagination with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces. In addition to a 300 seat auditorium, visit Paradise Center for the arts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-334-7372.